I was reading a small book <laughs> by a very famous guru, actually a lineage of gurus in India. This is actually the third one in the lineage. And the original book is a hundred verses, and then the second guru made a commentary on that, and the third one made a commentary on that. So it got pretty thick. And uh, this is the unfortunate course of religion. Uh, it's called That Alone, with the subtitle, The Core of Wisdom. It's a thick core. And uh, I started studying it. Uh, the, the lineage is, is, in a way, in the mode of uh, Sri Aurobindo, who tries to integrate East and West, modern, scientific, and uh, social thought of the West with the classical Indian Upanishads and Vedic teachings. And if you start reading it, uh, you will see he quotes Kant, he quotes Spinoza, he quotes quantum physics, he, citing astrophysics and electromagnetism theory and every possible theory. Freud and Jung are in there and uh, more and more information. This is a, a classic example of what Baba Haridas used to call headache yoga, perhaps the ultimate headache. Uh, but worth it if you need to undo a lot of false beliefs about who you are, uh, the book will do it. But if you can just let go of those false beliefs, you can skip to the hundredth verse, which I decided to do, having gotten tired of reading things I already knew. And verse 100 is actually sums up the whole book. It is the core of the core. And it's the only verse you need to read. Uh, it, they should have made it verse 1, and it would have saved people a lot of problems. Anyway, after all of this uh, talk about uh, the universe's unreality and the reality only of the self, finally, the guru... This is Narayana, a guru, or the original writer, uh, writes this. Neither that nor this, nor the meaning of existence am I, but being consciousness, bliss, immortal. Thus attaining clarity, emboldened, discarding attachment to both being and non-being, one should gently, gently merge in Sat-Om. Okay, neither this, that, nor this. In other words, you're neither the objective reality of the body, nor are you consciousness, nor are you the meanings that the symbolic capacity of consciousness can give you, whether it's quantum physics or psychoanalysis or any of that. So why bother learning all those meanings and becoming erudite at the expense of having lost your real self into a great theoretical labyrinth that has no reality either. But what you are is Satchitananda, which is immortal, eternal, and thus attaining clarity about that, be emboldened, in other words, be empowered, not to feel like you have to learn anything externally or internally, let it go, all go, discarding attachment to being and non-being. Discard attachment to your own ego. 
which in a sense is neither being nor non-being because it's unreal, but it, it poses as if it's being. But if you let go of both, you won't have to be concerned. And then gently, without attacking yourself, without beating yourself up, gently, gently, twice. This is done with love. This is simply a letting go, a letting be of your real consciousness free of all of that pseudo-knowledge and merge in Sat-Om. Om being the first, the Logos, the Tao, the first manifestation of the Absolute that is beyond description. Sat-Om, the real Om, not the representation, not the syllable, not the concept, but the real Om which is, you could say, the primal quantum wave. Now I'm getting into all these other chapters here. I'm going to give you a lot of knowledge you don't need. Just be. Silence. Free yourself from all beliefs. That's all you have to do. All beliefs. Because all beliefs are false. All of them. And don't even take that as a belief. And then you're free without doing anything. Because it is the mind itself that's trying to figure out its way to freedom that is the bondage. So Ramana often uses the uh, metaphor that uh, the thief masquerades as the policeman and says he'll help you catch the thief. So your mind says, I'll help you figure out the maya that your mind caused you. But it's the same mind that's trying to figure out and will never figure it out because its real agenda is just to keep the mind itself going. So as soon as you're done playing that game with yourself, chasing your own tail, it's over and you don't have to read any more of these fat books. And you don't have to have a fat head and you can experience real bliss. But there are people who need to read through every verse and every commentary and understand the science of it to justify letting go of things they were indoctrinated into believing in childhood and family systems loyalty and all of the traps that the ego mind is in. So it's not that this is valueless. Uh, the first 99 chapters are valuable. But that's the difference between gradual enlightenment and sudden enlightenment. And if you wish to, at any moment, skip to, ch to verse 100. So in this school, we go through all the verses, but we always emphasize, you can skip to verse 100 <laughs> tonight. And don't wait. If you feel ready, don't think you have to read the whole book. Because this book will then refer you to many other books, and of course you'll have to read them. And they'll refer you to even others, and they'll refer you to others. Don't make the mistake I've made. <laughs> Be free now. So it has its uses, this kind of limited knowledge, or shamanic knowledge, or metaphysical knowledge. But get free of the desire to have that kind of knowledge and then you'll be able to use it when necessary but without being trapped in it or identified with it. In my readings of the other 99 verses 
in a metaphorical sense of all of, of comparative religion. I have found that there is one metaphor that is consistent throughout classical religious and philosophical traditions, whether it's in ancient Greece or India or China or uh, Persia or Europe and anywhere. And, and that is the uh, image of two birds in a tree. And uh, the Greeks also used two brothers, Castor and Pollux, and there were other versions of it. But basically, the, uh, most of them used two birds in a tree. You find it in Islam, you find it in uh, the, the Vedic texts. One bird is eating the fruits and, and uh, it overeats and gets sick. The other bird is not eating, it's just watching, but it's chirping, it's happy. These two birds represent your ego, that's eating, desire, grasping, want to get as much as it can, and the other bird is your real self, that's just there, it's already in bliss, doesn't need to do anything. They're both there in the tree of life. Do you identify with the bird that needs to eat, that feels lack, hunger, desire, insatiable need for something external to consume, or are you the bird that is already free? That's the question. Both birds are already there. You don't need to find this free bird. You don't need to go on some journey of bird hunting. They're both there. You are both of them. You have the bird that eats. It's an ego. It has some value. But when you let go of your identity with it and realize that the bird that is already free is equally, if not more so, your real self, then you are no longer caught in a trap of compulsive eating, compulsive consuming of experience, compulsive sense of uh, lack. And so this freedom to switch your identification from one bird to the other is what all spiritual paths are about. It's really that simple. You don't even have to get rid of the ego bird but once you disidentify with it, it magically loses its hunger and it starts singing along with the real bird. And the two are really facets of a single self. So tonight, let's be the bird that's already happy and doesn't have any hunger, doesn't have any fear, and is in bliss. And just by identifying with that aspect of your consciousness, everything will come into order without your having to do anything, and you will gently, gently merge into Sat Om. Let's do that.